100% Real with Lisa Cabrera. Our parents, I'll finish up. Our parents are naturalized citizens. They came to this country for a reason. They taught us well. They have good children. We're very close to our family. So we lost a big part. And we still don't have answers. None at all. You keep us out in the cold. We have to seek legal counsel. We have to file a lawsuit to get reports to find out. We're left to fill in the blanks. Five gunshot wounds, shot four times, two exits in the back. Cuffed, canine released. 25-minute time delay from when he was shot to the time that he got service from EMT. We were told he was shot once that day. We were told he had a weapon. Then it was released that it was a replica rifle. It was likely a water gun because I saw part of that video. But we don't know. We're left to fill in the blanks because we have no details. Seven weeks. We also have the family of Hector Lopez. They've been protesting every single week for the past five weeks outside of Phoenix Police Department. And what we see is your officers walking past them and laughing. They flip, they flip off the families. What kind of professionals are those? He died in May 9th. We still don't have the police report. All you guys gave us is the runaround. We want what happened, you know what I mean? We don't know what happened. We know when my sister told me we don't, we don't got the cameras because you guys confiscate three cameras so it don't work. You guys told her the body cam wasn't, we had to wait 30 days. And all of a sudden you guys said they don't work. All right, so what kind of justice system is this? How are we supposed to be safe for our children when you guys are killing everybody? You guys are killing our community. This hurts. I mean, it's, it's painful. You know how hard it is to bury your brother? You know how hard it is to put clothes on his dead body? That's the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I don't wish that upon anybody. Now those officers, what, they're, they get their paid leave? They should, come on. If I was to kill somebody, I'd be getting prosecuted for first degree. Now what I want is for them to get prosecuted as well. You need to do something. You, if that's your job, if you guys can't do it, then get the FBI. Get on the ball. You know, this is hard. This is not easy for me. Now my little nieces and, and nieces and nephews, now they have to grow up without, the, without their father there. He was beaten, tased, and shot. 
he was handicapped. So you're telling me two healthy officers are fighting with somebody that's handicapped that can't even carry more than 20 pounds. What is that, huh? You give me that answer. You guys don't want to give us the autopsy report, no police report. All you guys give us is bullshit. Hello, my name is Leslie. Um, I'm also his sister. Me and my mom have been going back and forth to ask for the police report, and we still haven't got it. They've been telling us that Detective Jeff Johnson has been holding on to it, and then he tells us that we have to wait 30 days. It's been 30 days, and they still don't give it to us, and they just have us um, the runaround. It's hard for me to like speak up about it because it still hurts. But it's just hard because he was, like, handicapped. He had a disability on his leg. He was shot five years ago trying to save his friend at a party. He got shot on his leg, and he had a metal plate on his leg, so he couldn't hold on to anything more than 20 pounds. We don't understand how the two police officers couldn't tackle down a person who couldn't even stand upright. How... How did they shock, how did they taste him and beat him and then laugh at him? My sister was in the vehicle the whole entire time and she told us they were laughing at him. How do you explain that, that they were laughing at him while they were tasting him and beating him? How is that explainable? Why can't you just fire them? My niece and nephew, all they do is cry. My niece and nephew were my neighbors, and it's hard for me to sleep because every night I walk towards his apartment. It's hard for me to sleep at night because it reminds me of my brother. My niece, all she wants to do is walk to his apartment and stare at the door. It's hard for us right now. We want justice, man. We want justice. Justice is to be served. Thank you so much. for what they did. Thank you for sharing. Like, like your story. I said, my name is Maria Castro. As an organizer. inside his home with his one-year-old child inside. He was dragged out by the dogs. And one of our members happens to be his neighbor. And she recorded the officers beating his face. And the cops noticed and threatened to call immigration on her if she didn't, compass, if she didn't turn over her iPad. To this day, her iPad doesn't work. To this day, my little nephew wants to go see his dad. And he doesn't understand where he is because your officers beat his face and we couldn't have an open casket funeral. My niece just graduated three weeks ago and she has a sacred heart tattoo on her arm because that's the tattoo her dad had. But all of his kids, all of my nieces and nephews will never be the same. 
And as organizers, you know, we reach out to families, but it's hard when it hits home. And then just a few weeks later, you killed someone in front of my mom's house. And then just a few weeks later, across the street. There's definitely a systematic change that needs to happen. But we need to recognize that the system was built this way. Police officers. At the root of policing, even your badge stayed the same. Slave catchers, slave patrol. We don't need more money for police officers. We don't need any more scrutiny on our families who are going through so much pain. The family of Paco Valdez, who was bipolar, and instead of sending a mental health team, you send in officers who shot him in the back when he was laying on the ground in his trailer park. It, these, this meeting, we've had it before, and nothing has changed. And even if we change the policies, you know the training doesn't change. The training stays the same. So, so the suggestion is change the training also. Yeah. Stop hiring any more police officers because you obviously can't screen them properly. Fire all police officers who have killed our loved ones. Fire all police officers who have been involved in misconduct because the person who killed the young man in the Maryville Community Center had already bashed other people's faces into the sidewalk. There's so much more that needs to happen. We're not gonna get it out of this meeting. And this needs to be top priority. I know you gotta get your budget done tomorrow, right? And that's why you had this meeting today so that we wouldn't get in your way. But we have real life consequences in our lives, voids that will never be filled, families that are forever destroyed. So maybe you can take a little bit more time, forget about your budget, think about our lives. Thank you. And we're not gonna stop. We're really not, because obviously you're not stopping. Thank you. So we're gonna finish these two mics and we got up to the top. We're not placing this mic until after these two are done. Thank you. Uh, name. Yes, yes. With the name of God, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, my heart is filled with a prayer and my condolences to the families and the victims. I'm a native of Phoenix and I stand on the shoulders of several leaders and I just wanted to send my peace and blessings to each and every person that showed up to stand up and scripture in the Quran say we may we stand up as a solid wall and split not so let us let there arise out of you a small band of people enjoining them what is right and forbidding them what is wrong thank you so. Reverend Richard I want to thank my name is Gerald Richard, I'm the pastor at Murph Community AMA Church. I'm also a criminal defense attorney. 
and I'm a former director for the Phoenix Police Department. 21 years. I'll speak up. I'll be more than happy to. I want to thank those that are sitting up there right now. But more so, I want to thank you. Because I've been to so many of these. But what this shows is something that the Commission on the on law enforcement agencies, on the accreditation of law enforcement agencies said, believe it or not, in 2005, in Nashville, Tennessee, when Chief Williams was a sergeant, and she was standing there, sitting there with me, along with the rest of my staff, they said the Phoenix Police Department is one of the best law enforcement agencies in the world. I'm just repeating, I'm repeating what they said. But let me tell you some of the things, some of the things that were in place at the time. Early warning system. I heard earlier where individuals said that, let us know as well as the chief, let me know when something has happened. The early warning system due to the budget cuts in 2008 had to go. And now, and now we're asking for it again as a community. The same way we did in 1999 across the entire nation. Remember this, what Malcolm said, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Before SB 1070, the same thing that was being asked for as far as the civilians involved and citizens involved in oversight of implementation of policies, our Hispanic Citizen Advisory Board worked with what was then known as INS or ICE, as well as Border Patrol and gangs to create a policy that was based on human respect for each and every one and just about every law enforcement agency in the state adopted it. The cultural awareness program or training that was written up by yours truly in 1991 was adopted by the Arizona Law Enforcement Association. We then, in, in wait a minute, in 1999, Chief Harold Hurd, who believe it or not, was an assistant chief with the Phoenix Police Department, went to Oxnard and became the chief the same as Jerry Williams, and then came back again, said, we will have a racial profiling training before we get there. And then we also did cultural competency, but there was one thing that's missing today. Wait, wait. and the one thing that I'm finding missing today because I helped with the after action assessment in Ferguson. I went to Salinas, California. I've been to Baltimore. When you train officers, you have to also train the community so that the community knows exactly what to expect. Let's respect. For those that are booing, I can tell you right now, my heart has gone out to way too many families. Edward Mallet, Rudy Buchanan, Julio Valerio, Brisbane, I'm here to let you know that as, as a city, as a city, if we stand together, we can overcome this problem we have now. Thank you, sir. We're gonna give, give equal time, so I'm gonna give Chief a few minutes to respond, but just so you know, next on this microphone will be Dwayne Allen. Um, on this microphone will be Al De Pascal, 
I pronounced that wrong, I apologize. And on this one will be Tyrell uh, Daniels. Chief, three minutes. I, I have, just, just so you know, why am I not giving her longer than three minutes? I have at least 500 people that want to say something. So we're going we're gonna to let Chief respond. And we're also going to let more people speak as well. So I am hearing a lot of things. I am feeling a lot of things. And these are some of the words that I've heard. We matter. We are here because a lack of trust, a lack of transparency, a lack of accountability. You need to let me finish because we got the chance to sit and listen to you all. So change your policy. If, 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 if folks say that she needs more time, that we not, we can't stop her time. Let's let her speak. I'm pretty sure she's going somewhere with this. Change your policy. Fire officers. Don't just talk. We're painful. Hard not, people talk about not getting police reports, tears, mental health. At the end of the day, and you all aren't going to like what I'm going to say in this process, I have rules to follow. Hear me when I tell you. Hear me when I tell you. So we are, we are here to... There's a lot of people that want to hear what she's going to say. So if you, if you believe that your one criticism of her is more important than everyone else that wants to hear, please keep speaking. I really believe that if we listen, if, if we listen, we will find out that she wants to listen. I had conversations with her yesterday. I, I promise you I'm not lying. This process does not end today. This process, if you want real change, if you want real change, real change takes time. Real change takes energy. Real change takes passion. Real change takes a community. Exactly. Real change starts now. So to the late... Please, Chief, continue. To the lady to my right, you're right. Real change starts now. To the people to the left to say that I need to listen, you're right. I'm listening. I'm sitting. I'm listening. We are processing. This is not the last meeting we'll have. And I know there's some of you out there who don't believe that, do you? At the end of the day, take us up on our offer. We will be back again. We are here to listen. We are here to come back with this community. We are here to make change. And real change doesn't start with the police department. Real change starts with our community. So, so let me let me unpack let me unpack that a little bit. 
So there are those of you who think when I say community, I don't mean the police department. The police department is a part of this community. The, the community is a part of this police department. So in spite of the angst, in spite of the, the shouts, in spite of the emotion, I hear what you say. I am listening to what you say. You don't have to believe me. At the end of the day, though, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in what happens after this meeting. And as we said, this is not the last of these meetings. I want to provide a little bit of context, a little bit of context. Um, right before this meeting, I flew in from St. Louis, Missouri. We are, we are five years from Mike Brown. That community is not having this conversation. This community is making real change. Mr. Dwayne. Thank you. Next Thank on you. this microphone will be Al. And next on this microphone will be Tyrell. Can you hear me? Oh, there we are. I think what I'm hearing here is that if the chief and city officials are looking to the community, us, for the answers, the only way to get that is through a citizen's advisory committee to oversee what happens in the police department. Mayor Gallego, my name is Dwayne Allen. I'm a resident of the city of Phoenix. I also serve this community as a commissioner on the Environment, Equality, and Sustainability Commission, where I work with fellow citizens for the betterment of the city of Phoenix for all its residents. I served 10 years, 10 years in the United States Marine Corps, which includes deployment to the theater of Iraq in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. As a member of the Armed Forces of the United States of America, I am familiar with the responsibility that comes with the deployment of deadly force. It is a solemn responsibility which I understood to be bestowed upon myself and the platoon I led by the people of this country as an extension of their trust. So is the responsibility bestowed upon Phoenix police officers an extension of our trust. Reflecting upon these responsibilities, I've moved to come here today to raise my voice against injustice and dereliction of duty. As I bear witness to the conduct of certain members of the Phoenix Police Department, I am perplexed by the utter disregard for human life that has become all too familiar on accounts. As I myself have had similar interactions with hostile police officers, it has become clear to me that our police department is in desperate need of serious reform. You can't hire veterans who suffer from post-traumatic disorder. I applaud your expressions of sympathy for the families and your swiftness in condemning the appalling display of conduct unbecoming of police officers. However, some officers involved in the incident that brought us today here are still on the streets of Phoenix as if their participation and or failure to hold themselves and their fellow officers to the high standards purported by Chief Williams is benign to them. 
This is evidence of tolerance for unethical behavior within the department and points to a systematic issue that must be addressed in a very straight, bright, transparent way in order to restore the public's trust. And not just police, but city leadership. As a point of clarification, has been stated in the media and by some who sits on the city council, we are not here because of a shoplifting incident. We are here because we are outraged at the conduct of Phoenix police officers. If there is no disinc if there are no dis disincentives for officers mistreating residents or behaving unethically, what will prevent residents, especially people of color like myself, from being abused or worse killed at the hands of rogue police officers? It is time to cleanse the police department of these rotten elements and send a clear message that the men and women sworn to protect us, that we will tolerate nothing less than the highest standard of conduct from them. Thank you. $10 million plus the continued expense of salaries and benefits for this kind of conduct is not an equitable return on our tax dollars. I truly hope that the wisdom and courage which inspired us all to support your campaign, Mayor, will be brought to bear to once and for all enact meaningful change procedurally and culturally to reform the way Phoenix police officers view their responsibility to the human beings of this city. Next on this microphone will be Annabelle Ramirez. Good evening, thank you. And uh, thank you, Chief and Assistant Chief uh, Kirkenbach and our mayor and Ed Zucker, a good friend of mine. Uh, wow, this is uh, amazing. We're in the national news worldwide. And, and, and people, I want you to understand one thing. I'm a very newsworthy person and this is world news. I ask my community to show respect and let's make changes. No state in the, in the United States has ever addressed this issue with rogue police officers. Let's, let's show some respect and work this out because this is only the beginning. And you'll hear that from me as I walk through some of the things that I'm not going to tell you about all of what I've done, what, what I've done in my community and everything. I'm going to tell you about some of the things that I see and need to be changed in the police department. One of the things is I've always asked who runs the Phoenix Police Department? Is it plea or is it our chief? Plea is a union. And from here, as far as many years as I've been working with the police, and I was a kid growing up in Wedgwood, helping the police. And here's the deal. This union has slandered and gone after officers, chiefs, lieutenants, 
and anybody else, they know it. They know who to, and let me tell you what this is, cancer. We have a cancer in the police department and we have to find that cancer and we have to eliminate it. That is the problem and it exists and exists with these officers who are a part of plea and you only have to ask and listen to when the news conferences come out, plea is number one to justify whatever they did is right. I've seen many, many shootings from police officers. Some are justified, some aren't. But one of the things that I was very encouraged as a community leader in my community that runs the weed and seed that we don't have right now because we have some issues with a lieutenant. That's another story. But the deal is when we got cameras on our officers, I said, great. But they can turn them off. I want cameras that can't be turned off during their shift. That means that you can see them at night and some of the vulgar language of some of these officers that I see late at night, because I'm a late night person and I'm out checking out with my scanner and other things in my community of Maryvale. I can't speak for South Phoenix. I can't speak for your community, but I can speak for my community. The other thing, one of the things that really intrigued me was the Berkshire report. This is the full report right here. I know you remember we spent a lot of thousands of dollars to get this report on changes within the police department. There wasn't very many of these that were instituted because plea fought these and said it wasn't justified. One of the things that really intrigued me was that every officer was going to get a card so that you can ask him for his badge number, his name, and he'll give it to you. These were never issued to a police officer. A sergeant gets them, a lieutenant gets them, assistant chiefs get them, and the chief get them. That was never instituted. So we have to be, when we spend over $250,000 for this to happen, we have to institute it. And even because this was for the police, this was against them, not us as a community. Thank you, Al. Hold on one second. This is my last one. I fought two years for beer runs. One of the things was, is our officers were spending, we were spending our tax dollars, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to go after beer runners. But our police were babysitting and doing the security work for Circle K. I said that their corporation, all our officers need to be on the streets and our officers aren't security guards. The dollar store should have had their own security. Circle K needs to have their own security and, and Walmart needs to have because we're getting another lawsuit from that too. And the taxpayers, we pay for their lawsuits. Thank you. Thank you. Next on the middle microphone will be Patrick Seifter, Seifler, Seifter, uh, Terrell. How are you guys doing tonight? My name is Terrell Daniels, and I'm 17 years old. Right now, I'm a minor, and I'm not even an adult yet. I'm sorry, I'm a little shaking right now. 
A lot of the emotions are just getting to me. Um, I'm not even an adult yet, but right now I'm fearing for my life. And I don't understand why we have a justice system that looks at me and says I'm a weapon. Anything that I have on me is considered a weapon. My hands are a weapon in the police eyes. My blackness is a weapon. When you look at me, what do you see? Am I an animal? A monster? I'm a human being. Are you guys afraid of us? You say you're not afraid of us, right? Obviously. Then where's the police officers that was in that video? Why aren't they here? They're afraid of us. Because they know, they know, as soon as they walk in those doors, what's going to happen to them? Everybody's going to boo. Because they know what they did was wrong. You guys look at us and say that we're monsters, we're animals, but we're humans. We don't deserve to wake up every day and wonder if this is going to be my last day. Is this going to be my last breath? Oh, I forgot to say I love you to my mom when I went to school. Am I ever going to say I love you to her? Am I ever going to see her again? Am I ever going to see my family again? I'm a 17-year-old, and that's what's going in my mind daily. I walk home at night from my job. I see a, a sheriff police car walk past me. As soon as I, I see him, my hands are to the side, and I'm walking with my head down. Why? I'm 17. I don't have a weapon. I know I'm not a threat, but you guys don't see that. And that's confusing me. Thank you. Next on this microphone will be Rod Bailey. No relation. Uh, Annabelle. My name is actually Paris Wallace, and I'm a community organizer with Boulder in Action. I'm here, Chief Williams. I love that you say that there's no issue with the culture at the Phoenix Police Department. There's no, there's no issue with your culture. But I know for a fact that my friend, Erica, was sexually assaulted by your police officers. You know it too. You do know that her family is traumatized because of the sexual assault. And they are still working, yes, yes, right? So the culture that has been created in this whole, whole system, right? In your department is one of what? Of violence, right? It's brutality. This woman, her whole life has been ruined because of a sexual assault. And it is a sexual assault, right? When you look up the definition of an unwanted, unwarranted, unsanctioned cavity search of a body by an unauthorized person, that is a sexual assault. I do work with reproductive equity. That is the definition, right? And so when you say on TV time and time again that there is no problem with your department, that there is so much trans transparency, so much accountability, I don't, that makes me so angry because I do every single week meet with families. I talk to these people, 
right? This is my life's work. I go into community and I talk to individuals that I don't know. I love talking to strangers. That's why I do this job, right? I'm not making a million dollars, but I get to hear people. I get to hear them in their truth. And when you get on TV and you say things like there is no problem with your department, and then I have to go and look at a woman in her face with her children and listen to her story about being violated by your officers, that is not at all indicative of anything that you are claiming to uphold. Not even a little bit. So when you say, and I want you to choose your words very carefully when you talk about the culture, right? Because the culture of violence that we talk about when we talk about your police department or any police department starts at first contact. It's not when we get shot. It's not when we get beaten. It's actually when we get first contact with a police officer. When we get a ticket, when we get a fine, when we get a fee, that is police brutality as well. When we show up like this in force, it's because somebody has lost their life. But every single day, there are hundreds of us out on the streets that are fighting against the entry point. So don't say that there's not a problem in your department that you're so transparent and forthcoming because that's not true. And it's not true because if it were true, you would have talked to Erica. She wouldn't have to be leaving you voice messages. You should be able to look at these families and give them the information that they are asking for. Not just you, your department heads. I know you got lieutenants and captains and all of that, Somebody at your office knows how to make a copy of a paper and send it to someone. So think about it the next time you try and lie on TV about your culture. Okay, next, next on this microphone will be Liam McKinley. told me there was a chain to come in. Your police standard bureau have not returned my calls. They didn't give me a victim packet. I haven't been treated like a victim. I was taken to the hospital and treated like a rape suspect. I have never been touched unwantedly and unwillingly. I have not received no answers from you or your police department. You guys are not here for me. You do not care and nobody has been held accountable. Transparency, where is the paperwork? I have not seen nothing with my name from that day. It is disappeared. Quit lying to these people. I called and I said my name was Erica Monique Reynolds and you were gonna know me. Just know that I have a daughter and a granddaughter and an 18 year old. You guys have destroyed my life in the last six months. I cannot sleep. I do not leave my living room and I stay by the door waiting on you. You guys.
All right. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That's where the video cuts off. But you got the majority of this town hall meeting in Phoenix. And you can see it was a very emotional kind of meeting. And there's all kinds of problems within the Phoenix Police Department, just like everywhere else all over this country. The police in America, they don't protect and serve, but they do terrorize. They have been terrorizing the community since they've been in existence. And you can tell they have no intentions on doing anything about the police culture in America, but they will let it live on every single day. And they don't care what the citizens feel in regards to how we're being treated. You know, they've made a concerted effort to go out on the streets and have this us against them mentality that they have been carrying out forever now. And you can see it has taken its toll, especially on the black community. I would like to thank you for coming out to listen to my podcast once again. And please enjoy the rest of your day. And if you can become a supporter, please do. This will help me continue on with the podcast and possibly do more in the future. Peace, family. Thank you.